0: The new the um brainslut
1: brainslut yes okay and you read it
0: yes I did yes
1: yes yeah. so unlike the uh, Tudo Grande and Buck Tussle um, this is still very character driven and a very very challenging performance um, but it. Still, we're looking at a broken human being and his objective throughout the night uh, and a lot of backstory, a lot of history. But in writing it, um, there's, instead of being a a dialogue-heavy script, it's more of a almost more of a visual cinematic experience than it will be uh, a dialogue heavy. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot more locations. Um, there's a lot of scenes without dialogue at all. Um, and I think it's from what I'm learning more about, even though I love shooting, um, Like, Tutu Grande, I think, took five hours. We shot "Bug Tussle in a day. Um, this is going to take probably a week because it's it requires a lot more setup. It's a lot more... Uh, visuals are very, very important because of the circumstance this character is dealing with. Um, so in writing this, I think it's a step up for me as a writer for cinema where I'm really looking at motion pictures rather than a character study, simple one location, uh, let's shoot it. Because that's eventually what's going to lead into a feature. I'm not sure what the first feature will be yet. I've got probably four scripts and a thousand ideas, but I wanted to really explore a short, that is uh, not just character-driven, but more of a cinematic visual experience. Because the other two films have been um, mostly performance. And yeah, there's some great sound design, there's some great photography in it, uh, music, uh, you know, that... um, very effective in helping tell these character stories this one's got a lot of great visuals and you know i've i've not to be a spoiler but you know i'm I'm playing with color i'm playing with uh uh, symbolism i'm playing with uh uh uh, metaphors there's a lot of things going on throughout the night yeah that i think is more of a cinematic experience Visually, musically, uh, until you, and again at the end, there's there's still a bunch of questions.
0: Yeah, I think you're playing with reality in a way with with uh, brain slot, right? Because you're where I don't know what it's going to look like, but my my sense is that it's like we're going to see kind of what he's seeing, what the character is, what kind of what he's experiencing on the inside.
1: Out is that right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting for me when I was writing it, looking at how you can very specifically. There's nothing random ever. Shouldn't be anyway. Mm-hmm. Everything is very specific in what occurs throughout that night in Brain Slut. Everything's so specific. And from the very first opening shot to the very last shot, and everything that happens within that night is this character. Um, uh, is is experiencing. Um. Now, what the viewer is not going to know, and how I kind of set it up, and it will change. I've already have an- another draft since the one I sent you. There, there are dialogue that will change. There were things that will, that will change because I'll find a better way to to execute it. I'll find a better line that is simpler and and better uh but every event that takes place throughout the night uh, you you're never going to know is one is this real two is this a side effect is this an hallucination is this a dream is any of this real what exactly so um and you have a you have a setup at the beginning between the older woman and Nick. And what exactly is an alarm bag? And what's going to happen? and what is this pill? And you have a setup and then all of a sudden these things begin to happen to Philip throughout the night. There's a lot of questions of what is going on. And it's it's all very specific to a very specific event that you see at the end that explains everything that's happened throughout the night. However... It's a big surprise. You really don't... Yeah, I mean... And there's, there's there's a little surprise at the end. He's like, oh, didn't expect to see that. I thought the whole thing was that uh and but it for me with with and i could i could tell you uh privately because i think i would spoil it but there's 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 two real possibilities of what's actually happening and if i told you one i almost had a line in there and i moved i'm like nope that's too much information. Okay. I don't want that much information. But it it the journey of the mind. The journey on drugs. The journey of withdrawing from drugs. The the journey of anxiety, uh, the depression, uh, mm-hmm. mental illness. The the things that happen in your body, you know, there's a line in there and it it probably will change because there, there are things living inside me. And, um, it's, it's important that because it's, it's so true when, when you're experiencing, uh, a cycle of intense anxiety or, or uh, panic even, Uh, I used to have panic attacks, don't have them anymore, but um, that's a whole nother story. Um, But your mind and the chemicals of the mind and when they are altered, whether it's an imbalance, whether it's medication, whatever's going on with your brain chemistry that cannot be balanced in the blood panel. We don't really know exactly what's going on. I wanted to express the, and you see him throughout the night, progressively getting worse. Mm. And I wanted to show the, um, and reveal that the human brain and the altered brain chemistry, and what, and the, and then I also address other things like pharma play, and 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 uh, there, there's a lot of underlying things that are inside it intentionally, but the story is his journey and to the morning, which is important, and it's again come goes back to what i spoke about personally the moment where you quote unquote wake up yeah which is fair. very when you become present when you truly wake up to the present when everything's right here right now when that really happens when there's no more fear in the moment when there's no more judgment there's there's no more worry or crap it's just it's just right here, right now, all the time. When you really, truly wake up to that, it's such a magical experience and such a liberating, freeing experience. But I don't think most people can reach that unless they cross that dark bridge. Yeah. And that's kind of the story I wanted to tell.
0: Yeah, and... um Let's go back a bit in the the mental health journey, Um, because earlier you were talking about the doctors kind of giving you all these pills. You know, you took, I don't know.
1: um, I couldn't tell you how many.
0: And I feel like um, with brain slut, you're really looking at... um, because he's a brain slut, right? Forgive me, because I'm new to this concept. I just looked it up yesterday, so um, it's a it's a. But to me, that's almost like a metaphor for. I mean, I know it's real, or maybe metaphor is not the right word. Maybe maybe it's a parallel to what you go through as a patient, as being. Oh yeah, you're, you're
1: yeah careful. you're a guinea pig. Yeah. You're you're a guinea pig. You're you're. Yeah. But yeah. what happens though? That and this is this is what happens. Is <clears throat> it happened to me? Um, I didn't start. I didn't go out volunteering for drug research trials. But um, you you again. You don't go to the doctor and get a blood panel. And it show you what all your brain chemistry is doing. It doesn't show you what tricyclics are doing. It doesn't tell you what your adrenaline's doing. It doesn't tell you what, you know, it, 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 they don't have a ton of information. You know, they can they can do a CT scan. They can look at the activity, brain activity, and what's going on. But the, there's there's not a lot it's way a lot to of- manage it. So a lot of it's guesswork. They don't know what medication. They don't know what dosage. Most of them don't have the illness themselves, so it's a te- it, it's learned from a textbook. So you're going to have to be good. You're going to have to be insightful and aware, observing behavior of a patient and what's particularly, particularly wrong. So then you have to start playing with meds. And like I know so many people who are clearly not doing well and their primary physician will just randomly prescribe them uh, antidepressant and i'm like well you're not qualified to do that i mean you can tell if i have a sinus infection but you know what when you're dealing with brain chemistry you know you need a specialist and you need a good one and i used to tell people like you need to go see a psychiatrist and and you need to find a good one because you know uh the wrong medication can make you worse. And then the where pharma play comes into it and where the, the the brain slut portion becomes uh dangerous is when you are given a medication that actually works psychoactive medication and I, I take medication I take medication every day but Um, when you've lived a life of anxiety and fear and depression and all of a sudden a pill makes that go away. It's very dangerous. And that leads us to addiction and all kinds of other problems in our society. But let's look at the reality is I don't care if it's Xanax or heroin, they just want to feel better. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal. I'm unhappy, I don't feel good, and this makes me feel good. You're sick, and the medicine makes me better. So, so when a physician, and a, particularly a psychiatrist, um, wants to find out what's going on, so when you're an experience, I mean, the first time somebody gave me uh, a benzoazepine, I was like, "Oh my god, I, I it's, it was euphoric. I'd never felt so calm and relaxed my entire life. Like this is is this how normal people feel? Because this is amazing." And then eventually, there was at one point, I was on, I think six pills a day sometimes two some of them twice a day and then you felt toxic and then you then you drink on top of it then you're a complete mess so what happens is that journey of trying to figure out what's going to work for you what can you do? What can't you do? Lifestyle changes. There's there's so much of a process. But when this book where I actually found the term brain sluts called Guinea Pig Zero. Um, it's a fascinating book. And it talks about how people who are are <clears throat> inner it could be, for instance, that character Philip in Brain Slut, he had a Traumatic event that emotionally, physically damaged him. And in the hospital, you know, he's being treated. You know, uh, he's, you know, given medication. He's um, in rehab, physical. Um, that impacted brain activity. Um, so how Western medicine works is meds. it's how we fix things. So this particular character um uh and and I understand it from my own experience is that you could very easily uh, and I think that's why we have such a a, a problem with, drugs and alcohol, and and particularly in the States, is that's how we fix things. It's readily available. It's easy to get. And there's such a stigma attached to it, which is unfortunate because you have to, again, look at it. People just want to be happy and it makes them feel better. And I think we do have to address why are you so unhappy? Because I think we are an unhappy nation. And I do think people run around with a bunch of hate and anger and anxiety and fear. And that's what you see on the news. It's what you see on the television. That's what you see out in the world. And yet we don't just discuss and say it's perfectly normal to have a bad day. Yeah. It's perfectly normal to be anxious sometimes. Yes, some people have different struggles that do need to be treated, but we there are other ways to treat it and become present and mindful than becoming uh, an addict or a brain to where you are actively seeking out drug research trials for drugs, every opportunity you can get so you can say hi, to avoid what's real. Even though what's real may be unpleasant, there is a way out. So that's where brain slut came from because there's a lot going on. I love the fact that he has a drug agent too. It's just so typical.
0: Yes, Is there a connection between brain slut and second sleep?
1: Yeah. It's the same same story. Uh, Second sleep. Well, it's a different script, okay. entirely different script. Same story. Um. Second sleep never got completed. Okay. Um. We had shot. We I know we'd shot the opening scene with actor uh, Fred Lane. Uh, he's good. He's a good friend of mine. So he came up. He 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 was playing Nick. Um, we had shot that opening scene and I really prepared for this role and he was Mm. he was a mess and I I was kind of a mess too Um, then I think during the production um, the the co-director was uh, just kind of disappeared. And we didn't even know where the footage is. Oh, wow. So it just didn't get finished. So we we, he had made a trailer. We were all very excited about it. There was a lot of press about it. And So this is the opportunity to um, uh, retell, well, actually tell the story in a short form and really examine the potential to make a feature story because there's a lot, a backstory and a lot going on with uh, Philip. And uh, so, yeah, it's the same. And I I changed the title. Um, brain sluts are actually very I want to know what that means when I see it like what is that second sleep was simply a metaphor of uh, I don't know if you term you know when people um, um, used to do a lot of their trading in the middle of the night when it was cool so they would go to sleep Wake up in the middle of the night, do their trading, when their wagons and horses, and then when it was cooler, then go back and have their second sleep. Okay. And I thought it was a fantastic title of he's he's asleep. He was born and he was awake. Now he's in his second sleep. And we need to wake up. Yeah, and yeah, I thought it was. Uh, but I just think brainlet it's it's going to have a uh, um, um, a more rapid reaction, particularly in the festival circuit. Of what is that? I gotta. Is it a horror film? Is it, what, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's enticing. To know yes. what exactly a brain slit is. Mm-hmm. Second sleep is, you know, even though I, I still have the title, is you know, I think it's like it could be a wallowing melodrama.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the title, brain slut. I, it uh cause it got me, you know, I immediately went and Googled it. So like, what is a brain slut? <laughs>
1: Well, it'd be hard to find. I mean, yeah. I, I think the Urban Dictionary. I think somebody put something up in there about it, but yeah. there's very little about it. Yeah. If you look at the, uh, but when I was reading, when I when I read a lot, there are certain terms that come out, jump out at me. And I remember reading this Guinea Pig Zero book, uh, and Brain Slot came out. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what is that? that's beautiful <laughs> and it it jumped out at me like um, like when uh, titles are important to me but I don't uh, I, I'd rather have them intriguing and kind of uh, when you Google it's like the only thing that's going to show up I kind of like that idea It's kind of like Volcanic Theater Pub. There's not another Volcanic Theater Pub in the world. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So when you Google Volcanic Theater, we're going to be the only thing that pops up. Tutu Grande was similar. Um, uh, I didn't even have a title for it. But I went and we were ready to shoot. And I went on Amazon going, I need to find a, a, no, I went to Google, Large Man's Tutu. First thing that popped up was de Grande. Title! It was it. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 Gotta have that, gotta have that. Buck Tussle was, uh it's it's a community right outside my hometown. Speaker of the House Carl Albert was actually born there. And so it does kind of represent every small town America for me. Yeah. Um It also, the reference to the Beverly Hillbillies, which which is ideal for them dreaming to go to Beverly Hills where they're not really going to fit in. And also, I think we talked about that. I love the idea that, that fighting with bugs and tussling with bugs is very similar to always dealing with your demons. So brain slot, I think, is the same thing. It's like, I don't think there's going to be anything else on the internet. Yeah. Except... Brainslot. If you bug, if you bug Tussle, there'll be other things that pop up. But yeah, if you do Bug Tussle movie, it's the only thing that's going to pop up. Yeah. The titles are important, but I think you really got to uh, uh, be careful and not, you know, people do it all the time. It's so it's so generic. Even the name of their business. Yeah. You know, you, you be, you know, be original. Yeah. Because when you're doing the world of the uh, world wide web, <clears throat> you need to be found, so you do have to consider a title.
0: True. Um, all right. So, speaking of the volcanic theater pub, um, it, it came out of um, you had the actors' realm, and th- that was all kind of tied in, right? Um, yes,
1: yeah, so. <clears throat> When I moved to Bend, you know, like, you what's an actor from L.A. going to do in Bend, Oregon? So the first thing I did, there's a community college uh, in Bend. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they have this uh, community learning, continuing education portion of the, the college. So I started teaching there, teaching classes. The classes became very popular. Then I ended up with three, four classes, I think, uh, different, covering different topics of acting and storytelling. And then we, I discovered that when these classes ended, because usually they're, they're only like six weeks, uh, uh, once a week, you're not going to learn anything, really, in that short amount of time uh, about what we really do. So, but they all wanted more. So people were pushing me into, hey, let's make this a weekly studio thing. I'm like, okay, so I've a, a, a space. And then that's what created the actor's realm. And out of that became Volcanic Theater, where we were doing plays and pubs. So I think the first one was a mammoth play called Bobby Golden Hale. Um, uh, where we did it, I think first one was Silver Moon Brewing in Bend. And then we did a zoo story, Edward Albee, uh, in, a, in a pub. Um, I think a few locations, actually, around town. Um, and these were all using my uh, uh, students. And uh, I would be there on their stage because most of them had zero experience. Mm. All they knew was how I worked, which was beneficial because they, they weren't corrupted. You could take somebody has been doing community theater for 20 years. It's going to be impossible to say, stop that. Don't do that. Bring it down. They'd have to relearn the entire craft because they've been taught to present, which is actually the opposite experience. Um, So it was beneficial that knowing that the audience is just the flies on the wall. They're just in the room. They're overhearing their performances. It's just between you and me now, man. Just you and me. All we have to do is be together. You need to want something and I want something that's conflicted and we're going to have drama. And once they learned that, when we started doing the plays um, one of my students he's a dear dear friend of mine still is was an architect and he wanted out he said to me one day hey you know that pub theater thing you always talk about I said yeah he goes you want to do it I'm like what he goes I'm going to I'm going to leave my job and open up this theater with you. I'm like, okay. I said, let's do it. And so we had to find a location, and he'd been in a couple of plays with me, Zoo Story and Bobby Golden Hill. Um He was fascinated uh, with the idea of having a pub theater. Um, and it grew from Uh, from like when we first opened, we were doing film screenings and live theater, live music. It just blew up. Because I I, I, I don't think one, they experienced a great deal of uh, theater like what we were doing. In fact, it's pretty rare anywhere you go but they certainly have experienced something so real um may not have been their thing but they knew it's something whoa this is dangerous it's suspenseful it's intense um the space itself because he was an architect and i was essentially a contractor uh so he would go oh i think we need to do this all right i'll put it in and we essentially built it ourselves So we found an old warehouse, built it ourselves. We were most of the labor, and then uh, we opened up a theater.
0: I lose you. Uh Okay, I think we're okay. We have about seven minutes left. Okay. If if you're okay with it, I'd I'd love to keep going. But if if you have to go, I totally understand.
1: (laughs) So. Mm. We keep going. I have um. um nothing going on i gotta i gotta make a couple phone calls but later on but yeah we're good
0: okay yeah so the volcanic theater pub that's that's pretty incredible um and now you've uh you're that's kind of that chapter is 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 closing right i mean are you still kind of you're you're not involved with it at all or it's it's done <laughs>
1: um yeah i mean yeah selling it was the whole point was to get out okay okay
0: um
1: i mean i still deal with um emails yeah messages and things like that um pretty much every day i have to explain i'm i'm no longer the uh oh i'm no longer the uh the owner I'm no longer the talent buyer. I'm no longer the manager. Um, and uh, agencies and artists still contact me and say, "Hey, can you help me with this?" I'm like, mmm, dude, i'm I'm out. you know, um, <clears throat> And I think it was um, in short, pandemic was for any theater, any gathering place was tough because, especially in Oregon, you're shut out. You're done. You're not you cannot open. And that was for a year. Then oh you can open for half cap. I'm like, well, I don't have anything to put on. And is it safe? Yeah. And then oh then you're closed again. Yeah. Then you're open back up. And then like, you know, and it was so stressful. So
0: and strange.
1: That, in addition to not doing any performances, any play performances, uh, and film screenings. I mean, we do some film screenings, but <clears throat> opening up the pub theater was always about having theater. Everything else was a bonus. Um, but we got so popular so quickly because we designed the room uh, with with acoustics in mind first. Then aesthetics became second. We wanted to keep the warehouse black box feel. We wanted to sound good. We needed the sound to be soaked up. So especially in a theater with actors talking at a normal volume, you wanted everybody to be able to hear it. Uh, But it really translated really well to music. People loved playing in the room at agencies. and agencies. All of a sudden, I don't know. Within three or four years, I was. Uh, we were doing 250 events a year, maybe more, because we were so sought after doing uh, live music and you know, uh, you know other type of live performances, where I didn't have time to rehearse or I didn't have time to go oh I need to set aside three weekends so I can do this play because everything is booked so much in advance so when you're booking these emails and they're just coming in every day you you get hundreds of emails you're just like okay I became a booking agent I became a talent buyer and it was fun. But that's not who I am. And yeah. what I learned is and isolation is a big thing for me, is when you isolate me away from people, away from connectivity, away from self-expression, artistic expression, uh, I don't I, I don't do well. Yeah. I need to I need to have that. So being at the theater and around people and around other artists, whether it's music or or, or whatever, um, was still healthy. But it got to a point where I was just not... I mean, I'd shot a couple little short films with these, uh, uh, but I, I wasn't pursuing what i think i was be was supposed to do
0: yeah so it
1: was time to give. it was time to give it up
0: that
1: that makes and it sense. Was, you know it's it it was your baby and it was you know it was kind of a tough decision to go okay i'm out um but the future and the potential for everything that's the doors that are opening up for me now is so much more exciting than, you know, you know, running a theater in Bend, Oregon, because I'm going to be, I'm going to be all over the place. I mean, I'm not, I'll probably be, I'll be probably be a festival director uh, for a film festival. I'll probably be a music agent, you know, uh, just booking talent. Um, sure. I'll probably be working as an actor again. Um probably doing more theater i mean it, it's it's just opened up a whole bunch of opportunity again which is very exciting and i'm traveling a ton i mean it's just it's it's it was it was, it was, the, it was the right choice
0: yeah yeah uh,
1: not that 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 it was essential to the community and important to the community which i'm very grateful for uh and i think they were very grateful for the theater um uh, <clears throat> But it just was it wasn't healthy for me to keep running it,
0: oh, yeah, so less than a minute, so I guess it's time for us to do uh another link if that's okay, sure, um... <laughs> okay.